Hi, fellow classmates, instructors, and friends. This is Ginny, your humble TCM student who knows absolutely nothing about this field, but wanted to start this audio journal to record everything TCM. If you would like to join my study group as well, please come learn with me, and let's get healthier by healing our bodies from the inside out holistically together. Hey, Cuckoo Fam! Thank you so much for tuning back with me for another study session. Today is extremely special because I have a very good friend of mine of what twenty plus years. Stop! Has it been that long? I think so. We met in high school. Twenty plus years. Okay, fine. Yeah, it's insane. We're quite old, but. She's a total badass because she dominates in the mail industry. Okay, she is the editor in chief at Auto Trader. Yes, that's me. That is you. And who is she? She's Jody Lai. Everyone, I'm so Hi, excited. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, so excited, so excited. You must be wondering why I have someone from Auto Trader come and like talk to everyone today. I think it's、um, important because she's obviously not in TCM or anything, but I really want to get her perspective. And I think there's also a skepticism when it comes to TCM, especially for Asians.、Um, how we view it might be kind of different than how、um, it's like a white person might view it. West, people yeah, would, would see it. Yeah. So I just want to break that barrier a little bit, and because I want other people to accept TCM and not be embarrassed about it, most importantly. And I feel like sometimes we are embarrassed about it. For sure. Yeah. For me, my experience with it was in high school, and I had to take TCM for half a year. It started off with like twice a day, and it, which is a lot, and I had to take it like rice bowls, that portion. But then ultimately, it ended up being in noodle bowl size. I went through that. Can you imagine? Like a noodle bowl size of herbal medicine. It's a lot. It was a lot, and like I, <laughs> I admittedly like didn't have a great experience with TCM when I was growing up. Yeah. So like I had to take TCM for a variety of different issues, mainly、um, eczema. I had really bad skin growing、mm. up.、Um, also like stuff to do with my period. Like there was just a whole bunch of stuff、yes. that was like wrong with me. Yeah. And and of course my parents, especially my mom, thought that TCM was the way to go. Yeah. And I like I didn't know what was going on, so I just trusted her. Right. Yeah. And like man. Having to drink those like noodle bowl sized portions of it was nasty. Like it was I thought, disgusting. I cried. Like I would literally be in tears. Like I don't want to do this anymore. And I would be crying and like drinking this like、yeah. literally twice a day. It was like the worst time. I have to say, like I I was the worst when I was drinking that too because my lifestyle definitely didn't help with the whole situation. 
because at the same time being in high school, I would keep on going out, sleeping really late, having irregular diet and not eating right and stuff. So I was definitely countering. Yeah, <laughs> but people don't tell you that, right? No. Like it's a whole system. Like you can't just like take a pill and, and think everything's going to be better. You have to take other steps to help you get there too. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was definitely wasting my parents' money on that front. I wasn't being on my best behavior when I was taking it. Like that's why I had to take it so long for half a year. And I just barely slowly see the results. We played ourselves. Like there would be some days I would literally, if my mom wasn't watching, I would pour it down the <gasps> sink and I'd be like, I did it. <laughs> Because it was so nasty. I know, but it's, it costs a lot of money. I know, and now that I look back at it, I used to feel like very stupid I did that. Mm, yeah, I know, but I know why you did that though. It's just like kids not eating vegetables yeah. and they're like feed it to their dogs. Yeah. I remember at the time because I had to drink it twice a day. I was so embarrassed for friends to come over or even to go to school because I would smell like yeah, an herbal shop. Because my whole house, because you have to boil that it's stuff stank. for like hours on end, right? Yeah. And I was always really embarrassed that if someone would come over to my house, it would smell like that. Yes. And my hair would smell like that, my clothes would smell like that. So yeah, it's it, it has a lot to do with, like you said, a lot of that internalized racism, yes. right? Being, being ashamed that something that is like so helpful and like thousands of years old mm -hmm. and healing yeah why would we be embarrassed about that right i know so my question to you is can you describe what internalized racism is that's a loaded question that's like a very heavy question um so my personal experience with that is is to me internalized racism is all those things that happened to us that we don't really realize mm. the effects of, but then it changes our behavior and our thinking in ways that like, I'm still unpacking as an adult today. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of things that happened to us um, as kids growing up and even in our adult lives, usually to me, racism is not like one big event. You know, it, it happens obviously, mm. like, you know, like, you know, like attacks terrorism and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But like for me, um, racism happens on like a much smaller micro level that adds up over time. Mm. And then we internalize all that stuff and it changes our behavior and our attitude and our thinking yeah. without us even realizing it. I know, I know, I, I know that very well. I think it's just of recent years where I slowly, because I've never questioned the system before. Yeah. Growing up, I have never. I always thought, oh, that's okay. This is how the world is, and I should just conform to it. I've never questioned it ever in my life yeah. until recently. Same. I would say, like, within the last four, four years, maybe, yeah. I started to question and, like, unpack all of these things and, like, how I internalize racism and how I'm, like, moving through the world. Yeah. Like, through this world that was like clearly not made for you and me, yeah. right? Being like Asian women. It forces us to do things that aren't 100% natural to us. Yes. If that makes sense, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And like, this is just an example of that, like a current example is like, you know, in the beginning yeah. of COVID, I was scared to leave my house, not mm. because I was scared of getting sick. I was scared to be Asian. Mm -hmm 
just being outside because yes. I was afraid that people would Asian hate crimes and stuff. Yeah. And like that's not normal and that's not cool. Yeah. That's internalized racism. Mm. Right? Yeah. And it's it's people thinking that like, oh, I'm I'm afraid to go out, but that's that's normal. Like, no, it's not normal. Mm-hmm. Don't think it's normal. It's not right. <laughs> I know, I know. And I think of just of recent for me, what I've noticed was at my work, I always have an issue with connecting with my coworkers. And I've always questioned why, and I always wondered, why do we never have the same topics? Like, why can't I connect with my coworkers? Are they all white people? Yes. <laughs> I mean, that explains a lot. Yeah, like, and I, I thought to myself, oh, it's probably because we didn't grow up with the same background. We don't grow up with the same food. We don't grow up with the same language. Everything around us, we don't grow up like a white person. No, <laughs> and, like, so... and even me, like I was born here yeah. and I, I still don't feel like I'm accepted here. It's, you know what's crazy? I remember in high school looking at you and was like, wow, Jody has white friends. That's amazing. Oh, that's internalized racism, homegirl. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I would never have white friends because I, I don't know how to connect with them. Like, and I, and then as I grow older, I was like, but wait, why do I have to conform myself and think of all those topics? to talk to you about when you don't even care to connect with me. Yeah. It's <laughs> that's exactly what I'm talking about is that for such a long time whiteness is the standard at yes. which everything is built and measured, right? Yeah. And if you're not hitting that standard, you're an outsider yeah. in quotes. Yeah. And we're made to feel like we have to change who we are to move up in society. Yeah. And so like growing up, my parents were they're they're immigrants from Hong Kong. They got here in like the 70s, right? Mm -hmm. And so growing up, they thought it was really important to give us like the whitest upbringing possible because that's the only way they could see us succeeding in yeah. this country. Mm -hmm. To the point where they don't use their Chinese names. They gave themselves like Anglo names yeah. because it's easier. Oh, I don't want I don't want to be made fun of. Yeah. Why do we have to expect that we're going to be made fun of for just existing the way we are? Yeah, I know. I don't like that at all. <laughs> I know, I know. And I yeah. think like celebrating what makes you different should be like a more normal thing that we do. I think so and too. And it's only something that I started to do like recently. Yes, you're so brave for doing that, I have to say. I mean, like, I'm I'm just a big weirdo. And now instead of like trying to bury that, I really try to lean into it because I'm like not trying to change who I am anymore. Yeah. To move through this space because it doesn't really benefit me. Yeah. It benefits other people. Yeah. Right? And I'm always saying like we've like Chinese people have been bending over backwards for the comfort of white people for mm -hmm. so long. And like, what do we get in return? Mm, nothing really. Nothing really. Yeah. And I'm in a very white male dominated industry. That's the standard. And yeah. so me being who I am, moving through this space. Must have been so difficult in the beginning, it for has sure. It challenges and it still has its challenges. Some of which I'm like still trying to unpack. But certain things like, you know, I would show up and they'd be like, oh, well, do you even know how to drive stick? I'm like, how dare you ask me that? 
did you ask that guy over there? Yeah. Like, why are you trying to gatekeep this space? Yeah. Because I don't look like everybody else here. Yeah. What gives you the right to ask me those questions? Yeah. And so I spend a lot of my time trying to like prove myself. It can be really motivating. I just try to be better than everyone. Yeah. Because we as Asian women have so much more pressure to perform mm -hmm. because the expectations for us are so much higher. Mm. Right? And I say all the time that like the mediocre white man is my biggest enemy. Right? <laughs> because yeah. they'll get promoted, they'll get access to all sorts of stuff yeah. just because of how they appear. Yes. Whereas I would have to work so much harder to get those same things. Yes. Because I don't look the part. One, you're Asian and two, you're female. Yeah. I know, like, tattoos all over the place, like yeah. I'm a weirdo and that's just not normal. Yeah. In that industry. But you're like the new face of what automotive is about. Like it's supposed to be inclusive. You know, you're opening doors with your articles. You wrote two articles and it was about your background. You had a lot of positive feedback, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what were those articles about? Oh, in my, it's really hard for me to write articles that have things to do with cars, but are also <laughs> about my culture and my experience, right? Yeah. So I've only ever done two articles about it. One was when Crazy Rich Asians first came out, yeah, which was like such a huge turning point for Asian people in general. Yeah. To see people on the big screen yes. that looked like us, that spoke like us, that did the same things as us, yeah, without being like, oh, like a ninja lady, you're like a nerd, <laughs> you know, or like a prostitute. Yeah. Those were like stereotypical roles for Asian people in movies up until that point, with yeah. like you know rare exceptions here and there, yeah. But to see these really powerhouse humans that have complicated emotions and like very real relationships and those power dynamics and those family dynamics were like so familiar to me. Yeah. And it was like amazing to see myself represented in that way. And for me, that was like a big turning point in how I started to see myself and my heritage. But also, I think that was the beginning of when I started just to lean into who I am more. Mm -hmm. Stop trying to like bury that so much. Yeah. Because what makes us different is our power. Yeah. I think it's important that other people in our situation see it that way mm -hmm. because it is our power. And for me, the visibility doing what I do as a woman of color in my industry is so important because it tells people like the same way that when I was watching Crazy Rich Asians, it spoke to me. Yeah. I want to be able to have other people like me see what I'm doing and know that it's a possibility for them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, yeah, my goal is just to open things up for other people like us so that they could do what it, whatever it is we do without having to go through a lot of the BS that like, I had to go through. See, that's why you're a total badass. <laughs> just total badass. Like, I admire you so much for putting yourself out there and like being your true self all the time. It's crazy. And this saying that you told me last time when we had this conversation really stuck with me where you were at, was it an all-female conference? You yeah. were at a conference and then someone asked you a question on... Um, oh yeah, so I was speaking a conference for women in automotive. Yes. And they were like, 
oh, Jody, like, pretty outspoken about, you know, issues that affect you. I'm not, I'm not, I don't even think I'm that outspoken about it. I just speak based on my experience, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, um, would you ever be, are you ever worried that your bosses will see what you're talking about, which is about, like, racism and yes. industry and sexism and stuff like that? Do you think they'll see stuff like that and be, like, upset or question why you're talking about those things? And I said, like, listen, if they don't like what I'm saying, I dare them to fire me. And they were all like, oh, that's crazy! Like, they never, yeah. they never heard someone say that before. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of these companies get to benefit from us being us. I think having me at the head of something that is so visible, mm-hmm. it benefits them because it sets them up as a company that is accepting and open and diverse. Yeah. And I think that's always a good thing to show people. Yes. And so if they get to benefit from me being me, and I'm not allowed to talk about what makes me me, yeah. then that's like some wild shit. That doesn't make sense to me, right? Yeah, for sure. And so I am outspoken because I think I have to be. Mm. so that other people in this situation will know that it's okay to speak out about something that you're passionate about without the fear of getting in trouble for it. Yeah, I feel like with our Asian communities, for me when I just immigrated here, and I literally just saw this happen with my mom (laughs) when we were out taking a stroll, is that no matter what happens, even if we were right, we'll apologize right away. Yeah, I and think that's a female thing in general. Yeah, and like that's what I was grown up with. So it's like, even if there was a situation where you know something is wrong, as a child, when I saw that, my mom would be like, oh, sorry. Yeah, like someone bumps into me, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, but like, yeah. what, why? it's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, it's- as you said, it's like years of buildup of seeing these small things and you just take it in as a child and you just carry that to when you're an adult, you don't even realize it. When situations happen, you have to take a step back and be like, wait a second. Yeah. I have to question this. Yeah, for sure. And that questioning is so important because it's only by questioning our behavior and why we do the certain things we do. That's how we start to unpack all of this internalized racism. Yeah. Just going back to TCM for a moment and like why there's so much skepticism is that like, again, because Western medicine, which is obviously advanced, it just hasn't been around for as long as TCM. Mm -hmm. And so there's always this thought that anything that's not Western medicine is like witchcraft. Yeah. Oh, you know, there's no science behind it, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But but there actually is a lot mm-hmm. of science behind it. It's yeah. just the problem is it was never, like, written down for people. It's yes. just been passed down through generations. Yeah. And there is science behind it. It's just not written down. And it's because, like, the way Western uh, medicine is set up, it's based around cures, right? Mm-hmm. Take a pill, you get cured. You're all yeah. good, you know? You have a rash. Here's a cream, you're cured. Yeah. You're really just fixing the symptom. Yeah. You're not really addressing the root cause of the problem. Yeah. Which is what TCM is really all about. It's not about treating the symptom, it's about figuring out what is causing that and fixing that in the first place. So it's like a holistic way to, to tackle health. Yeah. When I was doing questionnaire, 
Obviously, these are all anonymous. And I don't know who these people are, but some people have said, oh, I don't know if TCM works or not. And to those, I have to question, like, have you tried it long enough to see the results? Yeah. And also, I have to question, do you understand that it is called traditional Chinese, quote unquote, medicine, but your perception of medicine is skewed. Yeah, because it's a Western point of view. Yes, yes. Because whenever you take medicine, it's always like Tylenol or Advil. And those are always quick fixes, right? So maybe your description of what medicine is, it's also skewed. And even though it's helping you, you might not realize it because it takes longer. And with the whole TCM thing, I can't stress enough. Because it is targeting your root cause, say one organ is messed up, they're all connected somehow. So if one is messed up, do you think your next one would be messed up too? Yeah. So all of your organs are messed up now. How long do you think it was going to take to fix all of those messed up problems? Yeah. And it's a commitment thing, right? Like if you're going to do TCM, you have to be committed to the time. But also it's a lifestyle thing. And it's the same thing like Western health. I think they're kind of starting to take a more holistic view with like long-term goals and fixing stuff. Yeah. But it is a commitment. Like you just can't do TCM for a week and be like, I don't see any difference because it's not going to work that quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's why I think when I was younger, I was like, yeah, this guy's telling me that like I should sleep earlier (laughs) and I should eat better. But Yo, like, I'm like a high school student. I need to go out. I gotta have my fun. I gotta live my life. I know. And it's hard, especially as a teenager. That's why I struggled with TCM so much as a a teenager. Because they basically told me, like, oh, that your two favorite foods are what's causing your skin problems. Yes. So I was eating a lot of duck and a lot of shellfish. Mm. Literally my two favorite foods. And they were like, you gotta stop that. And I was like, no. And I was crying. Like, I I did a lot of crying during that stage (laughs) in my life. Because I wasn't willing to make that commitment yes. to help my holistic health. Yeah. Because I couldn't see the long term. And now, as an adult, I obviously understand why those doctors told me that. Yeah. And and I will call them doctors. I know, like traditional Chinese practitioners. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna yeah. go call them doctors because yeah. they are doctors. They yeah. might not have like medical degrees, but I do think that they're. I can. I can call them doctors. And I should have listened to them back then. So now in my adult life, I obviously don't eat duck all the time. But when I, I can, yeah. just yeah. in moderation. Of course, everything always needs to be in moderation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And back then, they would like take my pulse. The doctor would like look inside my mouth. Yeah. And then she would be like, um, I don't think you'll ever have kids. And like, excuse me? <laughs> like, how can you tell that just by taking my pulse and looking in my mouth? Like, yeah. I don't believe you at all. Like, yeah. But now that I'm older, I actually think she was right. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, I should have listened to her. Because there are certain things, like, I don't know how she made that determination. Mm-hmm. But I trust it. Yeah. Because I, I feel like that's the case now. Hmm. Well, I think there's always way to correct it. We're not all doomed. No. You know? I also think that because the practitioners we went to when we were young, they're also 
an older generation and they have absolutely no filter whenever they're telling you stuff. So they're always being so dramatic with what they say. Even when I got my pulse taken when I was a kid, it sounded like I was gonna die. Your pulse is barely there. You're like, are you even alive? <laughs> like, wow, harsh. Oh yeah, it's wild. So I get it. That's why I feel like in this generation, I would love to see more younger people take up on traditional Chinese medicine as their career, perhaps, because you could have your whole new spin on it. And I feel like a lot of people aren't really going down that path. Yeah, I mean, that, that worries me too. I want that tradition yeah. to continue, right? Mm. And if people don't, if younger people don't pick that up, yes. then one day it's going to die out. And yeah. I don't want that to happen because like, it's so important, not only to like our culture, obviously, but like yeah. health-wise, I think there's a lot more potential that can be unlocked in TCM, the mm. more we understand it. And like those older practitioners would just say, okay, take this and this, and not explain to me why. Yeah. And I would love to know why. Because yeah. if I knew back then the reason behind what I was doing, yeah. maybe I would have been more committed instead yeah. of thinking that it was just crazy and I like throwing out my suit. So. I know. I felt like every time I would ask, they would tell me stuff like, oh, you won't understand. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, I'll just blindly take this. But. Yeah, that's why I wanted to start doing these episodes so people can understand on a daily level. If you were to see certain symptoms come up, at least you can connect it back to a certain organ, perhaps, and be like, okay, like it's because my kidney, that's why I have this and that. Like it's because of my lungs, that's why I have this and that, you know? So yeah, I'm excited for future episodes for you guys to learn more about organs, of what they're connected to. And if you have issues with your eyes, maybe it's because of a particular organ. If you have issues with like, I don't know, your skin, it might be this and that. And it'll slowly start to make sense. And when you start to understand the surface level symptoms, that you see and you could connect it back to a particular organ. Yeah. Your own body, if you have like too much damp heat or like heat or dryness or whatever, then you would know, oh, maybe I should take this to help balance myself. Yeah. At least at that level. So then like, even if you don't like herbal medicine, at least just doing this type of self-maintenance, I think yeah. is very important. But even if there's not like something wrong with your organs, a lot of the tips around TCM is like what you're ingesting has so what you're eating and putting yeah. into your body has so such an effect on your body at like a chemical level. Yeah. Like for example, not eating turns out not eating duck and shellfish every day was really helpful for my health. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it, it seems kind of obvious. Like obviously, you know, don't eat a lot of fried food. That's an obvious thing. Yeah. But that also comes back to TCM. Yeah. All of that stuff we put into our body has an effect on our body. Yeah. And I think just like understanding that even more can only lead to like better things. Yeah. I think it's like simple balances, right? I, uh, one of the practitioners have said, if you go out in the winter and like take a walk, for example, if you like walking and stuff and it's cold and windy outside, come back in and have a cup of ginger tea, you know, just simple stuff like that. I'm not saying stuff like 
you need to go see a practitioner herbal herbalist to like you know no just like small changes small changes yeah yeah just to enrich your life live longer yeah and it's like just little things here and there that i think will add up yeah to make you a healthier person and that's that's what i'd be really interested to learn more about yeah when i first started this i always feel like oh if i don't drink that nasty stuff then it won't work but i think just understanding the fundamentals of it and then slowly morphing it into your lifestyle it's already such a good start so if you go to herbalist good for you that's like bonus points <laughs> but like just to understand it i think it's very important yeah well thank you this for having this chat with me I actually prepared, well, actually it's my mom <laughs> who prepared this drink for me. Yeah, I haven't even tried it yet. Yeah, me neither. It's been chilling there. It's Can hot, you explain obviously. what it is? So, I could smell it already after it's been boiled. But it's called, I'm going to say in Chinese first, it's called Gai Guat Chou. So, in English, it's called uh, Guangdong Apris. Yeah, this is good. And this is supposed to help with dry heat. So if you have heat in your body, then this would be good. So how do you get heat? It's like if you eat too much fried food, that's heat, right? So you, you got to like counter that. Fruits and stuff like mangoes, and like yeah. lychees are very mm-hmm. So yeah, doing, doing stuff, stuff like, like this, this it's like already balanced. And this, this is tasty. Good. Like this is pretty good. I don't really see this. This is nothing like what I used to take as a kid. Oh, hell no. Yeah, this is way... I, just, I could drink this every day. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite quite nice. It's like a little sweet. A little bit sweet? Mm-hmm. Are these made with those... They're like little berries? No. No, these are not the berries. Like goji berries? No, they're like a little bit bigger. You have to show me later because I think it tastes very similar to something I remember as well. Oh, really? No, I'll show you later. Yeah, but this one I think it's like a dry herb, like a plant. Okay, that's cool. It's good. I'm glad you enjoy. Yeah, thanks for making one for me. I feel better already. Well, I won't care with one cup, but we'll see. At least you could. If you want to have fried food tonight, you can. I had fried food last night, so this will be like a little bit, yeah, counterbalance. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yay! Yay. I guess that's it for this episode. Um, I hope you guys all enjoyed it. It's quite different from the other ones, but I feel like it's very important to talk about these type of issues because we lived with it. So yeah. Thank you, Katie. Love you. Yay! Bye! (laughs) If you like this episode, please give it a like. If you would like to hear future episodes, please subscribe. Or if you have any questions about health, please send me an email at kuko.health at gmail.com, which is K-U-K-O dot health. If you just want to say hi or drop me a DM on Instagram, come follow me at kuko.health, which is again, K-U-K-O dot health. Thank you so, so much for listening to me today. And please stay warm and healthy out there. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Bye.